Yeah, my personal record book. If this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, uh, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Levi Sanders, the son of Bernie Sanders, is running for Congress. Wow, he's got good genes. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you see that Sean Davis is a cyber bully? Well, at least he's being sued for being a cyber bully. He didn't do anything terribly wrong. He messed with somebody at Chick-fil-A. I'm sure it was his pleasure. Said that the worker looked like they were eight. Snapchatted about it. Here's what I know about Sean Davis. He's a good dude. And he's always joking. Always messing around. And this kid. The kid who is working at some Chick-fil-A in the Pittsburgh area. He's probably been called worse by his friends. Sean Davis, in my opinion, is not a cyber bullier. Sean Davis, in my opinion, is a jokester, a prankster, and somebody who probably shouldn't have hit send on the snap. But it doesn't have to be blown up to what it's going to be blown up as. I'm sure Mark Madden has made an entire show of it today. The Steelers can't hit send. The Steelers need to stop being a bunch of thugs. The Steelers need to stop being idiots. Again, Sean Davis probably shouldn't have it sent. Sean Davis should know better than to make fun of somebody on the internet. But let's not make this a bigger deal than it needs to be. It is Broussard Day, baby. Woo! Penn's got their man, and he showed up. He was at practice earlier, skating around, going to wear number 19 for the boys in black and gold. He will be their third-line center, and it looks like tonight, at least to start, he'll be between Connor Sherry and Phil Kessel. Not bad, given that Sidney Crosby's been next to Connor Sherry a lot. And Phil Kessel is one of the better producers in the entire National Hockey League. Welcome to Pittsburgh, man! His quotes today were hilarious. He was so cheesed up, excited, jammed, fired up to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. And how could you not be? The third-line center on this team gets to play with Phil Kessel and Connor Sherry. Connor Sherry last year was outstanding. Hasn't quite been this year, but we know it's in there. Phil Kessel, one of the best finishers in the game, and oh yeah, by the way, one of the best facilitators in the game as well. Derek Broussard going to get excited. He going to get his. He going to put up. Unfortunately, with good news always comes bad news. Matt Murray took a puck off the dome at practice yesterday. I heard Jason Mackey say this morning when he was on with Stan Saver, and you can hear him from noon until 2, that Murray took the puck off the dome from an Olimata shot. He is out indefinitely with concussion. But as I was driving in, I was playing around on my radio dial, stumbled upon that station across the street where they were crushing Olimata. It's an unwritten rule. 
You can't shoot pucks at the goalie's head in practice. You're not supposed to. But it happens. Sidney Crosby barreling in at 100 miles an hour, I'm sure at times has shot the puck where he doesn't mean to shoot the puck. If Sidney Crosby can shoot the puck where he doesn't mean to shoot the puck, then I'm sure Ole Mata can shoot the puck where he's not supposed to shoot the puck. It was an accident. Don't crush the kid. And the people across the street who were talking about it, crook and phony, they've never played hockey in their lives, I would imagine. It's not that easy to keep the puck down, even if you are a professional. Sometimes it hits a stick. Sometimes it bounces up off the ice. Matt Murray got hit, and that's unfortunate. But let's not ridicule poor Ole Mata. Also heard this. Matt Murray's injury prone. The Penguins aren't going to be able to win the Stanley Cup this year because Matt Murray's not going to be healthy, and it's because he's always hurt. If you break your bones a lot and you're brittle, or you have a lot of soft tissue injuries, okay, I'd be inclined to say maybe, just maybe, you're injury prone. But when you get hit in the dome with a puck and you get a concussion, I'm not going to say you're injury prone. You got a concussion in an unfortunate circumstance. I've had friends who fall down the stairs and get concussions or bang their heads on a car door and get concussions. It doesn't make you injury prone. It makes you damn human. Matt Murray has had other issues last year, warming up for the first playoff game, toward the old hammy. Broke his hand in the fake Olympics prior to the season. Those things, okay, maybe he's a little injury prone. You get hit in the dome with a hockey puck and it concusses you. You're not injury prone. You're human. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll get in depth into what Murray's injury could mean for the Penguins if it is long term, but it's probably not going to be long term. But you just you just don't know with a concussion. But the question is if he is out an extended period of time, can the Penguins still win the Stanley Cup? And my answer, which I'll get into later, is uh, hell yeah. Olympic hero John Schuster is going to join me at 6 o'clock. That guy is badass. He had some awful failures in the 2010 and 2014 Olympics. And the United States was down four games, up two games in the Olympics this year. Things weren't looking great. And then they rattled off three straight wins and wound up going to the playoffs where they won two straight games. Gold medal, bitches. So he is the skip. He'll join me today at 6. Josh Yowie at 420. He, of course, from The Athletic. And my man Vince Commonal from the Point of Pittsburgh will join me at 5. He might join me for an hour. We're not sure. Depends on what he's got going on. But a lot of Penguins talk today. Did you see what happened with the Buckos? Well, of course, they didn't make a transaction because, you know, they haven't signed a free agent all winter, right? They're the only team that has not signed a damn free agent all winter long. So the Players Union says in a grievance that four teams have not spent revenue sharing money in the fashion intended by the collective bargaining agreement. Frank Coonley, Mr. DUI. 
says the grievance is patently baseless and a meritless claim. The fact that the Players Association has filed a grievance means it's not entirely baseless. Come on, Coonley. I know that you have to leap to defend your boss. I get that. But patently baseless and a meritless claim, there's at least some merit. Because if not, the Players Association wouldn't take the time, the energy, and the money to file a damn grievance. I'll say it again, and I'll say it slowly. That way, if Frank Coonley's out there, someone listening in his car, he can understand it. The Pirates are the only team that hasn't signed a major league free agent this winter. I don't even know if that was slow enough. Not for Coonley to register. The Pirates are the only team that hasn't signed a free agent this winter. So all the money that they're getting in terms of revenue sharing has not gone directly into the Major League Club. Now, they did just trade for Corey Dickerson. Good move. But one good move does not save a franchise. This grievance being filed means two things for me. And two things for Pirate fans. One, it's validation. Because forever we have bitched and moaned and complained that the Pirates do not spend money. And Pirates fans have been saying for a long time that Bob Nutting takes the money, the revenue-sharing money, and puts it in his back pocket and spends it at Seven Springs, and it doesn't go back into the ball club. So Pirates fans, irrational as they may be, they've been saying this for a decade. Meanwhile, Frank Coonley says the grievance is patently baseless and a meritless claim, but this to me is validation for those sometimes irrational Pirates fans. Validation that Pirates fans aren't crazy here. Validation that Pirates fans aren't only saying these things because they want the team to be competitive. They're saying these things because they see them happening. There's some actual fire to the smoke. Pirates fans aren't on a witch hunt after Bob Nutting. No, the Players Association Pirates fans agrees with you. That should make you feel a little less crazy. That should make you feel like everything you've been complaining about for 10 years has teeth, has merit. So that's number one. Number two, maybe some other owners around Major League Baseball will get fed up with the fact that the Pirates don't spend money while some other franchises do. I bet you it drives the Yankees and the Red Sox and Los Angeles and Chicago mad that they have to spend all kinds of money if they go over a luxury tax threshold and that the Pirates then just get to pocket the money. It's socialism. And y'all think I'm a snowflake out there, but I'm guessing that the fine people who run those organizations aren't. And I'm sure that they're not happy with wanting to win, wanting to spend to win, and then the money that they spend gets put in a pool and then pocketed by these four owners. Now, whether that forces nutting out, 
I can't tell you, and in fact, it's a long shot. But perhaps it could be the start of something new. Perhaps it could be the start of real change in Major League Baseball. And I'm not talking about a salary cap, but I'm talking about a salary floor. Major League Baseball desperately needs to have a minimum threshold bottom line that needs to be spent. Absolutely. I've heard a lot of people compare the Pirates to the Penguins, and you can't. Because for all of hockey's flaws, this isn't one of them. Hockey's got a salary floor. Now, hockey's got a salary cap, but all those owners that I was talking about that are going to bitch and moan about the Pirates and other teams pocketing money, those owners, they don't want to see a salary cap. But what I'm sure they would love to see is a salary floor. Because then all the money that's being put back into that pot, all that revenue-sharing cash would have to go into the Major League team at the Major League level. The Pirates can do a masterful job of saying, well, this money goes to the Dominican, and this money goes here, and this money goes there, and this is how we refurbish things in the minor leagues, and it's no longer McKechnie Field, and blah, 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 blah. Every team does that. Every team invests in South America. Every team upgrades their facilities. Every team is trying to make sure that their minor league facilities are the best because that's a way to get cheap talent. Every team is doing that. So when the Pirates say that that's where their money is going, every other team in Major League Baseball can say, uh, duh, our money's going there too, but it's also going into the club. If there is a salary floor, then the Pirates would have to use some of that revenue-sharing money, if not all of it, in order to get to that floor. That's the change Major League Baseball needs. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Pirates, the Steelers, and the Penguins all play in the same town. Duh. The two teams that are perennially successful are the two teams that spend in a sport where there is a salary cap and a salary cap floor. I doubt a salary cap will ever happen in Major League Baseball. But it has allowed the Steelers and the Penguins to be far more competitive than would be normal in a market of Pittsburgh's size. It's nuts to me to think how much money the Penguins spend every single year compared to the rest of the league. They spend as much as anyone. Why? Because they can. Because other teams can't go out like the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks, and have a $120 million payroll. I love the fact that the salary cap has helped both these teams in Pittsburgh. And I wouldn't mind seeing a salary cap in baseball, because it could do the same thing. But first, let's get a salary floor. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Up next... It is Broussard Day, baby! Not Josh Joris Day, though, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Casey DeSmith will be in goal tonight. Josh Yoey of The Athletic stops by to discuss. It is The Crowley Show. This is The Adam Crowley Show. Wow, 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 he's very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM.
John Schuster, the skip of the United States gold medal winning curling team, will join me at 6 o'clock. Looking forward to that. That guy's badass. They are American heroes, baby. And we got to get to the bottom line on whether or not they give away a bunch of condoms at the Olympic Village. We talked about that on the show last week. I'm not sure if they give them out. We'll talk to John Schuster about that and more at 6. Right now, though, Penguins tonight have Derek Broussard in their lineup. Josh Yowie from The Athletic joins me. Josh, thanks for coming on, buddy. I'm always a pleasure. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, are you okay? I mean, have you gotten sleep in the last couple of days? Uh, are, you, are you done refreshing Twitter, which I'm sure you were doing a bunch of over the last couple of days? First of all, you threw me off with the Olympic Village condom talk. I got rattled. That, that always seems strange to me because, like, you know, I would think Olympic athletes can do well for themselves whenever. I would think they'd be focused during the actual you know, fortnight, but anyway. You're going to have to listen at 6 to find out, although I'm sure the curling guys might not get as much action as some of the other athletes, but that's just pure speculation. By God, they should. But uh, to answer your question, uh, no, the trade deadline period uh, in my line of work is not real pleasant. You're always kind of working the phones, although yesterday came, became kind of quiet, really. Uh, nothing much going on. But, yes, I always enjoy when that day is over. How serious do you think the Penguins were in attempting to acquire a defenseman yesterday, Josh? Oh, they were. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind they contacted teams. Um, were they in on Ryan McDonough? No. Um, I know there was a report yesterday, I think it was Nick Kiparos, that said, you know, they had inquired. Well, of course they inquired. Everybody inquires about everyone. That's pretty common. But there were never serious talks about someone of McDonough's stature. Um, were they asking about, you know, number five and number six type defensemen? Sure. But the asking price, even for those guys, was just through the roof. Uh, teams were asking for a second-round pick this year and another high pick next year. And um, Jim Rutherford has kind of, you know, walked that balance of, yes, making the, the Penguins a contender every year, but not totally getting rid of the future of uh, future assets. First-round picks, yes, they do get rid of, but he doesn't want to trade all of his picks, and he, he had to draw the line somewhere. Josh Joey, The Athletic, joining me here on the Crowley Show. How comfortable should the Penguins be about the defense core that they have? Huh. Well, I, I think they're comfortable, but let's not act like Ian Cole wasn't a significant loss because he was. Uh, he was playing really well. He was arguably their best penalty killer. And he, he just you know hurts the depth now, Adam, because the way things set up before was great. You had six good defensemen. If a guy on the left side got hurt, you plug in Hunwick. If a guy on the right side got hurt, you plugged in Ruedel. Uh, that is a great depth to have two guys like that. And now you only have Ruedel, which is fine. Um, but uh, if they sustain a couple of injuries, all of a sudden uh, depth becomes a real issue. So they're happy with the blue line. They're certainly happy with the top four. But uh, they need to stay healthy. And you always say that going into the playoffs, of course. But they don't have quite the depth that they had last season. No, absolutely not. They do have Chris Letang, though, which should help. But again, if he goes down, then you're in a bigger issue than you had last year, certainly. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, uh, you know, it's funny. They, I know there's a segment of people listening right now who will say, well, they won the cup without Letang last year, uh, to which I would respond, yes, they did. Do you really think they can do it again? <laughs> and, and the answer is no, probably not. Um, and, you know, Chris has not played well especially in the first half of the season. But I think he's been very good the last 10 games or so. He's been much better. Uh, this is the version of Latang the Penguins need to see. Uh, so very encouraging to see him playing like this. And uh, needless to say, yeah, he, he's, he's absolutely got to stay healthy. 
Josh, how excited is Derek Broussard? Because reading the quotes, it seemed like he was kind of pinching himself. What did he look like? How was he flying around today at practice? Well, I actually wasn't there this morning, so I don't want to lie to you and say that I was. No, you should have lied. No one would have known. No, I can provide commentary on this. Um, He was acquired on Friday when the Penguins were in Raleigh, and um, I was the media parking lot happens to be right by the team bus in Raleigh. So I'm walking out of the arena, and I stop and have a conversation with Jim Rutherford for a few minutes. We were just, you know, kind of talking about the trade and going over some details of it. And then Rutherford looks at his phone, and he had been texting with Broussard, and he looks at me and he said, my God, is this guy excited. I said, yeah. He said, "He said, listen, people are usually excited to come to us. You know, we have a good team. We know that, so anybody's going to want to play here. But he said, this guy is just through the roof excited. I mean, Rutherford was almost taken, taken aback, I think, by how excited he is. And I think it helps that he has a couple of close friends on the team and Carl Hagelin and Chris Letang, so that might ease the transition a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he knows how good the Penguins are. The guy wants to win. I'm sure he was miserable in Ottawa. And, uh, yeah, he, he, you can just sense that he's incredibly excited. Josh, I wanted the Penguins to acquire Derek Broussard only if it just meant that he wasn't going to score goals against the Penguins. <laughs> he's a guy who's really tortured them, and they've played him in the playoffs, what, the last four years so we kind of know what he brings to the table. Tonight, is it going to be Connor Sherry and Phil Kessel on his wings? And if so, my God. Uh, it, it looks that way. And uh, first of all, yeah, in terms of the player Broussard is, I would not say he's a great player, but he's on that level just below. He's really good. He's not a star, but he's a really good player. Um, and not only will he score, but he's so good defensively. I asked Crosby and Malkin, they'll tell you he's a pain to play against. He, he's just a really good two-way player. And, uh, yeah, tonight he's going to skate with Kessel and Connor Sherry. Uh, that left wing is kind of up for grabs right now, but I, I absolutely expect Broussard and Kessel to play together for the duration of the season, simply because uh, Kessel and Crosby don't really click. And Mike Sullivan doesn't particularly like Malkin and Kessel together. He thinks they bring out some bad habits in one another. So you're going to see Kessel and Broussard on that third line. And you know what? If you have those two guys on your third line, I'm not so sure it really matters who's on the left wing. Uh, that's going to be a frightening matchup for, for any team to deal with in a playoff setting. Yeah, I think that's probably ideal, honestly, Josh, uh, having those three guys separated. And it's something that Mike Sullivan likes to do. But now you've legitimately got a center who can play with Phil Kessel. And that's not to say that Riley Shane didn't do his thing whenever he was on that line, but Derek Broussard's totally different altogether. And I guess this leads to this question. How much better are the Penguins down the middle right now than they have been the last couple of years? Are they better? It it might be the best they've ever been down the middle, quite honestly. Um, You know, I would go back to the... Jordan Stahl years, when you had Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, the matchup nightmare that they were. Um, Broussard is not quite the defensive shutdown player that Stahl was, but he's more gifted offensively, frankly. And so you, you could make an argument that he compares favorably. I'd say he's probably a better player than Jordan Stahl. So, yeah, down the middle, that's scary. And don't forget about Riley Shane. He, he has quietly been very good. Um, you know, he's good defensively. He's good on faceoffs, a good penalty killer. And he's found some scoring touch lately, and, and his numbers will probably decline because he's not going to have much in the way of line mates now in terms of offensive scoring touch. But I would not ignore him and what he has done. Uh, he, he has done a very nice job, and they will need him to be good in the playoffs. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining me here on The Crowley Show. Josh, Crosby 
I think needs some steady line mates. It's just been too much topsy turvy. This guy in, that guy out, uh, all season long, really. And he's a guy who likes routine. I think if he wants Gensel and Russ, they should leave Gensel and Russ there for a while and just see how things click. Uh, at least Gensel, I think. Um, whether it's Hornquist or Rust or Sherry on that line, uh, any of those guys could probably work. But, yeah, he needs some kind of consistency. He's really frustrated right now. You, you can see it. I, I watched him a lot, uh, the game in Raleigh and a couple of other games during the last two weeks. And, you know, a lot of skating back to the to the bench after a shift and slamming the, the boards and just looking really frustrated. And I don't care how great of a player you are. Hockey players are all creatures of habit to some extent. And he's been out there with different line mates constantly. And, you know, Dominic Simone has been okay, but he's kind of a fringe NHL player, let's be honest. And, and I think the Penguins are in love with the idea of having that depth throughout the lineup and having all the star power on the second and third lines. And I get it. It makes sense. Because Crosby's line is always at least, you know, going to get you a tie, if nothing worse, because he's on the ice. But it's still Sidney Crosby. Um, you're still probably not totally utilizing what he brings if you don't have someone out there with him who can score. So Jake Ensel is a guy he has chemistry with, uh, a good natural goal scorer. I think it only makes sense uh, for the balance of all the lines for Gensel to be there. And I, you're going to see that tonight, and I think you'll see that for the duration. I almost wouldn't mind if it was Gensel. I think you're right. He's the guy who's got a stick. If they did put Sherry up there, maybe his best with Sidney Crosby, maybe that's the only way you can really find a spot for him. And then maybe Brian Russ trickles all the way down to the fourth line. That might be ideal. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually have an article. I think it's going to come up tomorrow now just uh kind of breaking down the roster and all of Mike Sullivan's uh, possibilities now. And I suggested that were I the head coach, happy birthday to Coach Sully, by the way, who turned the big 5-0 today. Um, if I were the head coach, I probably would go back with the sit-in-the-kids line with Crosby and Gensel and Sherry, uh, partially because Connor Sherry has only really been a consistent producer in this league when he's playing with Crosby. So, you know, maybe you kind of, you know, frown on that. But you know what? Do do what works then. If he's going to score with him, if he's going to play well with him, then do it. And you're right. It makes the rest of your lineup that much better. But, you know, there is an avenue they can take where Brian Russ is on the fourth line. I don't know that I would suggest that. Uh, just because I, I think he's a really good player. You might want him on the ice more. But if you have Riley Shea and, and Brian Russ on your fourth line, which is a possibility, uh, good luck matching that kind of depth when you have Broussard and Kessel on your third line. That's why every team in the league is afraid to play them in the playoffs. Because I don't care if you're Tampa or whoever, nobody has that kind of depth up front. No way. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. Let's talk a little bit about Tampa. If they yeah. did not get J.T. Miller and Ryan McDonough, would you think that the Penguins are head and shoulders better than them? And now that they've gotten them, how do you view the Lightning? Uh, yeah, this changes things, certainly. And the fact that they got Miller in the trade is a big deal. He's a really good player, and he is now going to be surrounded by a caliber of forwards in which he's not used to. Uh, you know, the Rangers were not that good up front. Tampa obviously is. Um, yeah, before that trade, I would have told you the Penguins were without question the favorite in the East. Uh, McDonough, I don't think McDonough's a star. I think he's a little overrated. But he is a very good defenseman. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's obviously, at worst, a very good top-four defenseman. So you add that, you add Miller. Yeah, on paper, Tampa is certainly every bit as good as the Penguins. Uh, I think they are the two best teams in the East. 
Uh, if I had to bet today, I would say that will be your Eastern Conference final. Um, regarding the matchup between the two, um, it's dead even. I will say the Penguins are always very comfortable playing against that team, though. Uh, the Penguins don't like playing against teams that try to beat them up and that try to win 2-1 games. Sometimes they can struggle in that kind of a game. Tampa likes to skate. Uh, they they want to play 5-4 games, and the, the Penguins certainly do not object to that. No, they absolutely don't, and it would make for a hell of a series to watch. The oh. good, good thing for the Penguins, Josh, and uh, hell, all these series are going to be really fun to watch. The Penguins don't have to play Toronto, Boston, and Tampa. They only have to play one of those teams. Are those the three best teams other than the Penguins in the conference, do you think? Um, probably. Um, I would I would say Pittsburgh and Tampa are the two best, in my opinion, and I'd probably put Boston next, and then Washington and Toronto, I think, somewhere right behind. Um, you know, the Penguins and Capitals are still on a collision course in the second round, with all due respect to what the Flyers are doing, which is incredible. I certainly didn't see it coming. I, I still expect Pittsburgh and Washington to meet. But, but yeah, you're right. It's the opposite of last year. when you know, People forget the Penguins had to go through Columbus and Washington, uh, two of the three best teams in the league, just to get to the conference final. Uh, it's a little bit of an easier road this year. They're going to miss out on having to play those nasty teams in the Atlantic. They'll only have to play one of them, and that's a good thing because those three teams are all legit, and you know, Boston and Toronto probably are going to play in the first round, so one of those teams is out immediately, and that, that will certainly help the Penguins on the road because Tampa's going to have to play one of those two teams in the second round. Josh, how does Washington not do anything yesterday? It just blows my mind. Uh, they're not. It's not like they're in a bad spot. They had been the top of the conference yesterday. Obviously, didn't go all that well for them overall as they got smacked by the Jackets as well. How do they not make a move? I was shocked. And I listen. I know they don't have a lot of salary space, but as Jim Rutherford has proven, uh, there are ways around that. It, you know, it's not that hard. And they lost so many good players last season um, in free agency just because of their cap situation. They basically were unable to replace five NHL players. So, on some level, you give them credit for what they've done this season. They're still a good team. But that's a team that needs some serious help, especially on the blue line. Uh, they've been giving Brooks Orpik top four minutes. Uh, with all due respect to Brooks, he's actually had a bit of a bounce back year, but he's 37 years old. Um, it, you just feel like there's something stale with them right now, too. Um, they they had a really good run there, but in the last month or so, they haven't played very well. You said it. They got, they got smoked last night in Columbus. They're kind of going in the wrong direction. And I feel like the Penguins are probably the favorite to win the division right now. That's hardly a lock. It's going to be a great battle. But I think they might pull through at the end. You know what this reminds me of, Josh? The Penguins could meet the Capitals in the first round. I don't know how likely it is, but they could meet the Capitals in the first round. And that would remind me of when the Penguins dispatched to the Rangers a couple of years ago. Washington certainly would put up a fight, no doubt, but... I just think the Penguins would outclass them. If Washington hasn't been able to beat Pittsburgh with all those great teams that they've had, I don't think they're going to beat Pittsburgh with a really good team that they've got now, especially if they're going to keep trending downward. I agree, and there's just a sense, for me anyway, that last season was really Washington's chance. And my God, if ever they've had the Penguins on the road. Oh, my God. it It was last May when they were out of gas. They had just gotten smoked in Pittsburgh in Game 6. I really didn't think the Penguins had a chance to win down there in Game 7. I, you know, I, And I'm well aware of the history of the rivalry, but there was absolutely that sense of, okay, Ovi's finally going to get sit tonight. Now the Penguins are out of gas. The Caps are finally going to do this. 
and they didn't. And uh, they've been kind of a train wreck ever since, even though their record is perfectly competent. And you saw what happened in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago when they played. Uh, the Penguins are very much in Braden Holpe's head at this oh. point. Uh, and he's not playing well anyhow. No, he's not. Um, no, and that's very interesting. You know, the Flyers all of a sudden have passed everyone. Uh, who knows? Um, <laughs> Penguins Capitals in the first round, believe it or not, is possible. But uh, ideally for the Penguins, you win the division, you probably get maybe Columbus in the first round or the Devils, which wouldn't necessarily be easy. But uh, you still don't want to play the Flyers or Capitals right now the way the Flyers are playing especially. Last thing here for you, Josh. Patrick Hornquist, now a Penguin for the next five years, 5.3 mil per year. Yeah, okay, might be long, whatever. They're trying to win now. You need to get this guy. You needed to have him. You need to keep him with Crosby and Malkin in this core. He's very much a part of the core as far as I'm concerned, Josh. And this is a guy who just he just brings it every single night, and he's been so damn consistent. Maybe he'll wear out, but I'd be afraid to see what the Penguins would look like without him because... They've won two Stanley Cups with him, and they struggled mightily before he got here since they won that I, first one. I marvel at the citizens on Twitter who are complaining about the length of the deal. Um, first of all, on the open market, this guy would get six years and six million a year. I guarantee you he would get that, if not more. Um, okay, maybe he will wear down in four years. Well, guess what? The championship window is right now, and there are a few players on that team are more valuable than Patrick Hornquist. I've never seen anyone quite like him. Um, he is a competitor of the rarest degree. And if you don't believe in his value, go back and watch some tapes of the playoff games the last two springs. Then just look at his numbers in the playoffs. He literally scores more goals per game in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Not many players do that because goal scoring goes down. Um, he, he's just the kind of guy a championship team does not dare lose. But that said, he, he was due to become an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. And he was, trust me, he could have made a ton of money. Oh, my so God. I, I give Hornquist and Jim Rutherford a lot of credit for getting that done. That, you know, it would have been easy for Hornquist to say, you know what? I'm going to field some calls on July 1st and just see what I can get. But uh, he was loyal to the Penguins, and, and I think they gave him a very fair deal. And that's a very big deal to keep him around for a few more years. That's a valuable guy. How many players in the league have a skill set like him? I can, hardly any. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, who, Wayne Simmons is great in front of the net. He's a really good player. Um, but he's not a whack a job. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, Hornquist, I, I mean, the guy, just watch him tonight. He's just maniacal in front of the net. And my favorite thing about him, when you watch him play, watch on the power play, how many 50-50 puck battles he wins in yeah. the corners. It, it's, nobody talks about it. It's unbelievable the, the ability he has to keep the play alive on the power play. He does it every single night. Really good stuff, man. Thank you so much for the time. All right, buddy, you got it. There he goes, Josh Yoey of The Athletic. He kicks ass. Coming up next, one guy the Penguins might need better from to win the Cup, and what's the best thing the Penguins did at the deadline? It might be more complicated than you think. It's the Crowley Show. Great Pittsburgh sports debate. Going to be March 14th. That is a Wednesday. I am off the following Thursday and Friday. So I'm going to get hammered, and I'm going to spew hot takes and hopefully not say anything that's going to get me fired. But I want my snowflakes to be there in full force, wearing white, and I want to be carried in like a Greek god. Let's make that happen, snowflakes. 
412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There is one Penguin that we need to see get better, and it's not Matt Hunwick. That's easy. He had an awful game against Florida. He'll be fine. We need to see better from Connor Sherry. I'm happy the Penguins didn't trade him because I got a great Connor Sherry story. Back whenever he was Connor Sheary and the Penguins won the Stanley Cup against the San Jose Sharks, I went to the beach in Delaware immediately following the Stanley Cup. And I convinced my friends that I could convince anybody that I was Connor Sherry because, hey, guess what? No one in Delaware knows what the bleep Connor Sherry looks like, and he's like two feet tall. So I did. People bought me drinks all night, and I threw up at a Wawa. And it would have been much better had I thrown up at a Sheets. So I'm happy the Penguins kept Connor Sherry, or Sherry, whatever the hell you want to call him. I'm happy they kept him. But he needs to be better. Last year, he was fabulous. He had over three even strength points per 60 minutes last year. One of the best on the team. One of the best in the league. Nowhere close to that this year. And the thing is, the Penguins need Connor Sherry to be better because Sidney Crosby's all kind of frustrated right now. As Josh Yowie said in the, in the previous segment, he's slamming doors coming off the ice. He's all pissed off. Because he's got a rotating cast of jabronis at left and right wing. No disrespect to Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel's a really good player, but everyone else who's rotating through there, Brian Rust, good player too. But Dominic Simone, pfft, come on. Guys like that aren't going to fit with Sidney Crosby. He's a fringe NHL player. It brings you back to the days where they had Bilbo Baggins or Gibbons or whatever the hell his name was skating on Crosby's wing in the playoffs. No, 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 no. You need stability for your damn captain. You can't give Broussard and Malkin better players than Sidney Crosby. It can't happen. Now, you're going to because you're going to give them Phil Kessel to Broussard, and Phil's got better pedigree than any other wing on the roster. You're going to give Hornquist to Malkin because they play so well together. Give Crosby Gensel, and then stick Sherry on that wing and hope that he turns himself around. Tim Benz wrote a good column about this in the trip today. It's something the Penguins need to do. Where else does Connor Sherry fit? I don't want him on my fourth line. He's not going to produce. I suppose you could put him on the third line like they're doing tonight with Kessel and Broussard. But this is the best case scenario for two reasons. One, you put him on wing on the top line, Sidney Kids reunited. I think that they'll be fine. Gensel and Crosby work well together. I think eventually they would pick Connor Sherry's game up. But then the second shooter drop there is that maybe you could move Brian Rust down to the fourth line. You put Zach Aston Reese on the third with Broussard and Kessel, and then on the fourth line you got Brian Rust along with Riley Sheehan, and now all of a sudden you've got four really good lines that can compete above their slotted line level. Rust and Sheehan as your fourth line's damn good. And then you got sitting the kids... Haglin and Hornquist, along with Malkin, and Kessel and Broussard 
in Aston Reese. That's a damn good lineup. That's a Stanley Cup winning lineup. And it's the only place that Connor Sherry really fits. They need him to be better. They need him to make Sidney Crosby not want to throw himself off of the East End Bridge. Crosby's been frustrated. Malkin is now soaring to the top of the league in scoring. Phil Kessel's been there all year. Crosby's starting to stagnate again. Why? Because he doesn't have consistent line mates. Give him the kids and say, play for 10 games, and let's see if you can get the magic back. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That's the one guy that needs to play better if the Penguins are going to win the Stanley Cup. It's not to say they can't do it without him, but there's a glaring hole if he does not become the Connor Sheary of two years ago and last year during the regular season. 412-922-2874. As I mentioned, Crook and Phony across the street were ripping Ole Mata for shooting a puck off of Matt Murray's dome. If you've played sports, you know that accidents happen. And even at the pro level. Do you remember when the Penguins went out and they acquired everyone and their mother and then they wound up losing to Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final? Well, that lockout-shortened season, Brooks Orpik, a consummate professional, long-ass time pro, took a slap shot and hit Crosby in the face, and Crosby's face exploded. Crosby then missed the remainder of the season. It cost Crosby an MVP, which is still BS. It happens! Don't criticize poor Ole Mata because he shot a goalie who's wearing a helmet in the dome in practice. He's wearing a helmet! It happens five times a game! When you get hit in the head with a puck, it's going to hurt. That's being a human. So don't criticize Mata. And the other thing that I heard, which is just asinine, is, well, Matt Murray's injury prone. Okay, he might be, but not because he got hit in the face with a puck. That doesn't make you injury prone. That makes you human. If a puck hits you in the head, that vulcanized rubber, it's going to rattle your cage. It doesn't make him injury prone. It makes him a goalie. So shut the bleep up about that. By the way, getting hit with a puck, if you haven't played, and I never played at a high level, I played club hockey. That hurts like a bitch. If you're not wearing shin pads and you're playing around on some lake somewhere like we used to do in Morgantown, and you get hit in the shin with even a flittering puck, oh, God. So don't say Matt Murray is injury-prone because of that. You could say he's injury-prone because he's had other numerous ailments, but it's a concussion. Bite me. 412-922-2874. Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I will be there at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. I got you. Hashtag Snowflake Army. We've got to gather up all the snowflakes, baby. Come to me, my snowflakes. And I want you to carry me onto the stage. I need a a cheering section. When Stan or Madden or Pursuta says something outrageous, I want you to do the whole Duke thing. You, 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 you. I want a whole damn student section. And I want you all to get hammered. But be responsible. Chris Adamski, he writes for the Trib, tweets, Wow, and here I've been sad you haven't had me on anymore. Little did I know you have achieved status of having Olympic gold medalists on. Our little Adam is all grown up. He's all grown up. 
I wish I could read. That would have made that easier on everyone. John Schuster, the skip of the gold medal winning hockey. Nope. The gold medal winning curling team will be joining me at 6 o'clock. Hell, I think John Schuster could have helped the United States men's hockey team. Holy crap. Although, compare the, no offense to Mr. Schuster, curling athletes to all the other Olympic athletes. I'm going to ask him about condoms in the Olympic Village. But out of all the people who could get laid, why would anyone want to sleep with a curler? All these hard-bodied people walking around. I'm, I, want, I want to give that guy the old mustache ride. On second thought, that's the first guy I'd go to. Although you don't need a condom for that. Up next, Vince Communal of the Point of Pittsburgh. We've got a lot to talk about as it relates to the Penguins. We'll talk about Connor Sherry needing to get better. Can the Penguins win the Cup if Matt Murray were to say be out for the remainder of the season? And what's the best thing the Penguins did at the deadline? It is more complicated than you think. It's the Crowley Show.